12 to 1 every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. And having poured through a lot of press conferences during all of this uh, Rugby World Cup, the most impressive man to me, the, the best uh, analytical rugby brain, and he's a little bit left field as Rassi Erasmus, and I always enjoy his press conferences. So we're going to hear initially our first slot from Rassi. Now, it was put to him. Obviously firmly focused on England, but is it hard not to have one eye on the final and a potential meeting again with the All Blacks? Um, yes, uh, I think to talk about the All Blacks will be disrespectful to, to England because they're a massive, massive speed bump uh, uh, for us to get over. More so a portal than a, than a speed, speed, up, speed bump because uh, you know, I was just looking at, um, I'll get to New Zealand, I was just looking at, at the possible teams that I think can play. I think we average 200 minutes per player, they 260. I think the average caps of our team will be about 54, they'll be about 59. I think the average age of our team is 30, the average age of their team are 29. And then the average um, weight is 104 and 105. So it's two teams, um, England's unbeaten. They, um, you know, they beat, they, they stuck to their guns. Uh, um, both, both weeks since he's been appointed and um, they kept believing on what they're doing. And it's paying off, and you can see their team full of belief. And um, they will be definitely hurting from not just last year when we beat them, but also from the World Cup final in 2019. So they were a very, very desperate team, uh, and a team which you respect. Then answering your question on the All Blacks, <laughs> you know, I don't think um, uh, us or, or England uh, um, will again like to predict who we want to play against. I think the All Blacks will be unbelievably difficult, but I think Argentina is going to make it really, really tough for the All Blacks. You know, they have that ability to pitch up on that one day where they just, in the last couple of years, beat some of the big teams uh, regularly. But uh, no, I firmly on England at this stage. Rassi also was asked if it's an advantage to have Ben O'Keefe as referee again. This will be the third time in the World Cup they've had Ben O'Keefe. Uh, given that uh, the Springboks know more about playing with him in control than England does. Um, well, I think he looks probably at it both ways. You know, he probably um, have some problems with certain areas of our games and he might be happy with some areas of our games which he has experienced. So um, I guess him looking out for us not to make the same mistakes that we that we maybe have missed. And then on the other hand, you know, for us to try and keep doing the things that he thought uh, the pictures that we gave were, were right. So um, I think I think it's 50-50, you know. Uh, of course, he, although he hasn't, I, I can't remember when last he refereed England, but he wouldn't have a preference uh, on how they would approach the breakdown or um, how they handle scrum pictures, you know, or how they would do under the high ball. So I guess uh, it's a bit of an unknown, which, I don't know, is it a positive, is it negative? I think the team that respects the referee the most on Saturday, um, and then obviously uh, um, try and stay within the laws uh, without hopefully not um, having rugby accidents, causing cards, um, and I think that's one thing that Ben has really done well in all three games that we we had him so far. And I think 
um, both we will be as pleased um, if the game gets refereed like that. And of course, he's such a student of the game and um, he was asked, did he have an idea? Has he got an England team written down that you'll be taking on? Yeah, well, now we're guessing, obviously. Um, no, no, we took, took the basic guys, you know, Gens, uh, George, uh, Sinclair, Dojay, Chisholm, Laws, Curry, Earl, Mitchell, Farrell, Daly, Julagi, Marchant, May, uh, Marcus Smith or Stewart, uh, Dan, Mahler, Cole, uh, uh, George, uh, Pally, Ben Young, so Danny, George Ford and Ollie. That's who we think, but we might be totally wrong. That's a ploy. That's getting inside Steve Borthwick's head. He's got, he's picked my team. He's picked my team. Now do I have to make a change? He's just a wizard, Rassi. He's just a wizard. Um, he was asked, though, what will be the toughest challenge when they take on England? Um, yeah, well, uh, firstly, uh, guessing the team is, is interesting with, with Marcus, you know, will he or Freddie plays. I don't know, Marcus has got this mag- massive X factor, and Freddie is this is um, unbelievable under the eyeball. Uh, you know, will Owen play inside centre and Julagi outside, or or will Ford play fly off and come drop call everything there? You know, um, yeah, you know they've got Courtney there that can play lock and flank. He's been such a rocket flank for them. Uh, I mean, and with the the energy with the other two young loose forward uh, that shows so much in, energy on the field on all departments. Uh, you know, they've got Sinclair, um, uh, Jamie, and so many experienced players that played against us last time. And I think um, because they've played us end of year last year, they played us at the World Cup, in the World Cup final, uh, and I think they will have some beef with us. Um, uh, I think they will be very physical. I think they will definitely step it up at all set phases. And um, then I think they've got a team full of, I mean, to log himself, uh, just to stop him alone. It's going to be a big job, uh, if he, well, no matter what position he plays. And then you never know what Farrell um, dish out on the day. And the new scrum off, I'm not sure if Danny K, um, or Youngs will be in the mix. But Neil Skramov is certainly somebody that uh, can lighten up uh, with his uh, snipey breaks around the rock. So uh, I think there's threats all over the park and it's starting to get together for for both week. It sounded like you said there's threats all over the park, but there's threats. Rassi, threats. Um, now, England have talked about having a few players who may be playing in their last tournament and how that is extra motivation for them. Is that the sort of message similar in the Springboks camp? Yeah, look, I've been at the World Cup since 1999 and um, I've fell out in the finals as a player in extra time against Australia. And then in 2011, we fell out in the quarterfinals, which is awful. You just, the next day you just get onto a plane and you all fly in different directions and you only see your teammates next year, June. A semi-final is, it's terrible to, to lose a semi-final because you have to play that third and fourth place playoff. And you know, it's, it's, it's I've, I've played in that game as well, when we played against New Zealand. And then we've won uh, a World Cup um, in 2019. So. Yeah, to answer your question, um, I think I look at the England squad, they've got about 12 players who's over 30, uh, and we've got 14, 
2030. You know, so in, in another four years, that means most of those guys are 34, 35. Um, not a lot of guys. Yes, the Johnny Sexton's and the Dion Faris and those kind of guys who go still 36, 37. But I guess in our group, there will be a big turnaround. Uh, and the coaching side, definitely. Obviously, Jacques and Felix is leaving. I'm not sure exactly what, what the England setup and coaching staff and, and players retiring or not retiring. But um, at least if they lose or win in this game, they do still have a third and fourth place playoffs. Play so they, there's at least one, uh, one other game for either us or them. But it's, uh, it, it's definitely something that we all talk about. You know, it would be great to, to end your career on a high and not on a low. And a lot has been made about an easy side of the draw and a hard side of the draw. So Rossi was asked, uh, is it an advantage or a disadvantage coming through the hard side of the draw? Um, I think I think there's been World Cups with teams gone through and never played uh, uh, teams that's ranked in the top four and won a World Cup. You know, I think I can, I can name a few teams, but I wouldn't like to do that right now. But uh, uh, certainly, if uh, England wants to win the World Cup, they will play. Uh, they will have to beat us, who's number one currently in the world. You know, uh, they will then, if they go into the final, will have to beat New Zealand or Argentina. If it's New Zealand, they number might be number one in the world then. So somewhere during your pool matches or quarterfinals, semifinal, finals. You have to beat the best somewhere. I think there's been one or two World Cups where there's been a really easy route where a team won the World Cup and almost missed all the big the big guns because of the draw. Uh, everybody's making a hell of a hoo-ha about the draw, but I mean, World Rugby don't have, have they, you know, they don't have, they can't see so far to know what would it look like uh, four years from now. Uh, I guess they, they can bring it a little, a little bit closer to the World Cup and then make the draw. And But us ourselves knew we, for four years now we're going to play Ireland and Scotland, which we did two really tough pool games to play. And um, I, I'm not sure if it's beneficial or not for us. I'm, I'm really not sure. The Springboks and England quarterfinal live here on SCNZ Sunday morning, 8 o'clock kickoff commentary with Scotty Stevenson and former Springbok halfback Kevin Putt will be bringing you uh, the play-by-play, the ball-by-ball, the pass-by-ruck, by by intentional knock-on, by yellow card. Yes, that is all 8 o'clock Sunday morning. Springboks, England. We'll take a break. We'll hear from Springbok first 5'8", Andre Pollard after this. Twelve to one every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup headline hour on afternoons with Staffy. Ah, it's a great voiceover by our Canadian correspondent right there. Uh, we're going to hear from Springbok First Five now, Andre Pollard. Haven't heard much from him this campaign, um, and he hasn't played many minutes. So he was asked, "Do you feel ready?" Well, I'm also the game that is, um, of course, COVID and my injuries in France disrupt my. My stay here, uh, would have loved to play more and be part of, or part of it more, but enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, since being back with this, it's been great. Um, I think it's been great for myself and my, my, my family and mentally it's just been really nice. We've really enjoyed the UK, so it's been great. And uh, unfortunately, that calf injury kept me out of the court. 
the semi-finals in the, in the Prem, but uh, it was a great season last year, really enjoyed it. And then, yeah, again, ups and downs now the last few months with not being selected and coming back in and all of that, but that's all in the past. We're right here now. It's World Cup semi-final week and we're excited. He was asked about the importance and the great man, Sia Khaleesi, who we all respect. Sia is the captain. How important is he to the team? Yeah, I think I mean, Sia has grown immensely over the years um, as a person, as a player, and especially as a captain. Um, we've always been a good leadership group within the squad that always supported him, but he's, uh, he's really just stepped up to a new level and he's, a, he's an unbelievable captain, he's inspirational, um, and it's all real. I think's I think's fake. He's a he's a friendly guy. He's an inspirational guy. It just comes naturally, and that's why we follow him. Because there's nothing fake about it. He's an honest, true man, and uh, it's a great guy to play for. Andre Pollard, we're hearing from. He was asked, "What is it about the South African team that fires up for World Cups?" I think so. I think it's uh, it's, it's something we grow up with. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think I think our game model and the way we play the game suits World Cups pretty well. Definitely, um, but yeah, it's it's just we're comfortable in this in this environment, and um, we've been under pressure off the field or growing up, whatever that may be. A lot of guys, and we all know the stories that's come from from the previous World Cup. Um, but it's something as a group, we just enjoy it. We really just enjoy the pressure. Um, we we always say it's a privilege to have this pressure on our shoulders, playing for our country, and uh, we just enjoy it. We've seen a lot of innovative ideas from the South Africans with the old seven forwards, one back on the bench, charging down conversions. It's a very um, innovative approach. Uh, Andre was put to him that it seems that their coaches have a lot of fresh ideas. I think the key thing you said there is, uh, is the work they put in. Nothing that they do is just for, for, for no reason. It's all thought of, it's all meticulously planned. And they've earned a... Like we trust them because they've earned, like we, they've earned our trust over the years from what they've done and how they prepare. So when they come up with these ideas, there's no questions asked. They give us a reason why we do whatever we do, and then we just back it, and we're all in. All in. And we all just trust each other, players to coaches and coaches to players, and it's just the trust that we have in each other. And, of course, uh, Money Leboc has played most minutes in the 10 jersey this tournament. What is Andre Pollard main, made of uh, Money Leboc's contribution? No, so first, just, just, I can't praise Money enough for the way he's been playing lately. He's been in unbelievable form and he's, he's taken on to the, to the pressure that comes with playing for South Africa. He's, he's been handling that so well. Um, it's been really amazing to watch. I've known Marnie since he was very young, and uh, for me, the, the best thing about Marnie is he's not changed one bit since that young guy I met eight years ago. He's just a humble guy, works for the team, works extremely hard, and uh, I think he brings a beautiful, lovely, dynamic way of playing towards us as a team, and it's a lovely thing, and it's something we've all embraced and enjoyed as well. So um, whatever our roles are, myself or him, whenever we play, um, it's all towards the team, of course, and whatever we can do best, we'll, we'll, we'll try and do whatever we can. And finally, from Andre, he was asked about Eben Itzabeth, such a critical cog in that South African team. He was asked uh, what the big man brings. Oh, man, he's, he's, of course, right up there. Like you said, we've had some unbelievable arcs in the, in the past. Uh, got the privilege of playing with Bucky's and, uh, and Victor at their, towards the end of their careers. Um, but Eben is special. He's... Um, He's such a big part of our squad. Yes, he's massive for us as a player, but I think what he does off the field sometimes people don't always realise. His leadership, his calmness, 
Um, he's actually a very, very chill guy. He wouldn't say that, but <laughs> um, very calm. And I think it rubs off on all of us, especially the younger guys as well. <laughs> Seeing his calmness, it's, uh, it's something very important towards us. And um, yeah, his experience is, in, is invaluable and it's something we'll definitely have to draw on, uh, on this Saturday. It's just going to be two monumental semi-finals. <laughs> Ordinarily, if this was just a Northern Hemisphere test match or, or a regular test match, but this is World Cup semi-final time. It's so much spice in this. Uh, just a reminder again, Springboks England quarterfinal live here on ECNZ, uh, your home of Rugby World Cup on the radio, Sunday morning, 8 o'clock, build up from 7.30, and that is with the great Scotty Stevenson and former Springbok halfback Kevin Putt. That's it from the South Africans today. We'll have a little bit out of the English camp tomorrow, but after new sport and weather, we're going to hear from Bowden Barrett. He caught up with George Bauer and Andy Hellis ahead of the semi-final. Well, let's go to new sport and weather update, and we'll be right back after that. Twelve to one every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup headline hour on afternoons with Staffy. Quick couple of text messages. First, um, one from Steve. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we've got Ryan Wolf coming on, who is the creator, host, narrator, the whole shebang with the Guilt podcast on Finding Heidi. Um, he's getting close. He's getting close. Uh, text from Steve saying, Hi, Steph, thanks heaps for putting me on to Guilt. I heard you talking about it a few weeks ago and listened to all 15 episodes in two days. It was so good. Uh, he's got the All Black South Africa in the final. I think both teams are just so good for their respective, uh, too good for their respective opponents. Love the show and listen every day on the building site. Cheers, Steve. Good to have you along. Steve, I, I do like hearing what you're doing, where you are, how you're listening. Makes it feel like this community's um, just a wonderful little community. So good to have you along, Steve. Um, Staffy, is there anything the refs can do to stop the exploitation of the HIA rule by the South Africans from James? You just feel like the South Africans are a step ahead, don't you? They're not doing, they're not breaking rules. They might be bending rules. Um, but apparently, most of the HIAs were independent doctors saying he's got to go and get checked. So I don't really know. Uh, this one says Rassi. Rassi. The box won a Rugby World Cup by losing to New Zealand, and then they beat Namibia, Italy, Canada, Japan, Wales, and England. No hard games. <laughs> the one hard game they had was against us and they lost. <laughs> That's a good point. Right, let's hear from Bodie Barrett, the All Blacks fullback. He caught up on NZR Plus, which is well worth a follow if you want to get inside the camp. Uh, George Bauer and Andy Ellis are over there running the cutter and they caught up with Bodie after the quarter before the semi. Great day in the truck today on the Front Row Show. Bodie Barrett, mate, welcome. RG this week, um, short turnaround. How can we back that up and uh, take it into this week? It's something we spoke about in the leadership meeting. It's about genuinely resetting mm. and identifying the, the threat that's in our way this, this week. Um, Argentina, we know what they can do. Yeah. We felt that particularly in Christchurch last year and we know how passionate they are. Uh, we saw that in the in the Welsh game. They're a team who've been under the radar, but 
I think early in the week we focused a lot on our detail, but that's also defensive detail. So understanding what they bring, their threats, um, they're real threats, they're genuine, and yeah, it's a short turnaround, so yeah. it's a busy couple of days getting that prep, but later on in the week we just want to dump it and play footy. Yeah, oh, man. It gets me going just hearing you talk like that. 50 is not on, but the chip and chase might be. And Byron Barrett's there, and he regathers hit hard by James Lowe. How's the team feeling after that amazing performance? There's still certainly a buzz around the camp. We're kind of in that transition phase now. All eyes on Argy. Yeah, we're just so grateful to be here and have another opportunity. It's a final again for us. It's a win or pretty much go home. So there's a good buzz we put so much into last week. Uh, a team that had scarred us in, in recent times. So we felt like we needed to do it for ourselves, you know, to prove a point. It looked like you guys were so focused and clinical and really present, really clear. How did you get that so right during the week? So, as you know, so much goes into the week in terms of preparation and how well you do that, it's evident on the weekend. Um, but there's certainly some gold nuggets with Kerry Evans and Gilbert Anoka um, in the mental space, which was right on the money. and. Uh, with that, as well as the physical preparation, um, the boys were in a good. We're all in a good space going to the game. The bus was deathly silent. Um, oh, was it? <laughs> and, and Gilbert has a good gauge on if we're in the house or not. And post game, he said he could feel feel oh, it. So that's, that's where we strive to get to uh, every every game day. But it was win or go home. Like it's do or die forty. There's something about that as well. And we wanted another week, so here we are. Here we are, and the anticipation is huge. Uh, All Blacks Argentina semi final. Uh, SNZ's got that as well. Of course, we have Saturday at eight o'clock live commentary. They've, they've become a really good duo, I believe. Daniel McCarty and Christian Cullen um, in the analysis seat and the enthusiasm seat. And Daniel McCarty, he will treat your eardrums with a passionate commentary. That is guaranteed. Eight o'clock Saturday morning. All Blacks Argentina semi-final live. Doesn't get any better than that. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll take get a Argentinian perspective with former Argentinian player Marcelo Bosch. He's right after this. Twelve to one every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup headline hour on Afternoons with Staffy. Rightio, time to hear a little bit from the Argentinian camp. Well, a former Argentinian a Los Puma player, Marcelo Bosch, put to him. Argentina have now made the semi-finals. Did you, Marcelo, predict that before the World Cup started? Um, that's a good question. It was always the objective of the team to qualify after the pool. It was uh, an objective that I believe the team and even us supporters, we thought that this team could achieve. The team, uh, it's evolving game after game and they produced the best uh, performance last weekend against Wales and well, they are now in a semi-final. There he is. Not hugely confident, but uh, was asked, how many levels up can Argentina go at this tournament? The thing about the team of Argentina, and we spoke about it before the World Cup, is that they are capable of playing good rugby, but one thing that 
they lack last year was the consistency in performance. And one thing that you can tell about this team during this World Cup is that first game uh, was a, a shocking game for the team. So suddenly you have to readapt uh, the, the game plan in the sense of what well, we have to go back to the roots of the team, the, what we are about, what's important to recover some confidence. And I believe that the second game against Samoa, they did well in winning. Chile, well, uh, I think because of the hierarchy of the players, it was always going to be complicated for Chile to beat Argentina. Japan, we started to see some shades of, of the performance that they can build. And suddenly against Wales, most of all the second half, I feel that they produced the best rugby so far in this World Cup. But that won't be enough, in my opinion, when you face an All Blacks team in a semi-final. So hopefully they could go and step up to another level. Uh, last one from Marcelo Bosch, of course, Michael Checker, a very colourful man himself. And it was put to him there was some introspection after the English loss by Argentina. Uh, is that the players leading that or is it Michael Checker led? I think it's both uh, sides. We as Argentinians, uh, we are quite exigent with ourselves, uh, honest. We are very emotional human beings as well. And Michael Checker that really suits our, our mentality because he seems to be an emotional guy, but as well a, a cold mind in the sense of the strategy, the game plan with, with a lot of experience towards this kind of event. So I think it's a mixture of both. Uh, in that sense. Argentina played the All Blacks before the World Cup, so they know what it's about. Uh, but well, uh, now is the time to face them once again in a different tournament. It's a World Cup, it's a semi-final, so yes, it's going to be incredibly tough for the team, but we don't have nothing to lose. Nothing to lose, nothing to lose. And they will fire up. They will fire up again, same as last week. I think that first... First few minutes, you don't want to give Argentina confidence because they can just go. They can red hot go. All Blacks Argentina semi-final, Saturday morning, 8 o'clock. Commentary with Daniel McCarty and Christian Cullen. Last break before the news. After that, the report, the, the, the interim report with more to come on the Ranfurly Shield, the breakage, the powder has just been released. So I'll go through that with you before the news. And also what I think the All Blacks will do selection-wise for the semi-final. It's going to get named tomorrow. I'll get my crystal ball out. Uh, Take a break. We'll come back with all of that after this.